Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good, good. So you've had you've had a little week full of what we thought were allergies, but now you found out it's a sinus infection. How you feeling? I'm a little sleepy, but I'm hanging in there. I've had some caffeine this afternoon, so we've got good energy on the podcast today and got my uh, my Z pack. So hopefully I'll be feeling better soon too. <laughs> There's really not much that can't be fixed by eight hours of sleep, a Z-Pack, and about 300 milligrams of caffeine. I feel pretty <laughs> confident about that. So, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Sleep is interesting, right? You don't, you kind of take it for granted when you're getting a lot of sleep. And it's the minute you have a rough night or you just, you just can't sleep. And all of a sudden, it's like the most important thing when you're oh, not getting consistent sleep. For sure. I did a teledoc appointment. I made a, an appointment at like 2 a.m. this morning for 8 a.m. this morning. And I, I dial into this teledoc and the doctor's like, so how are you feeling? And I was like, I can't sleep. That's the first thing that came out of my mouth. Not like, what are my symptoms or what do I think my diagnosis is? The first thing I said to her was, I can't sleep, and then followed it with, I'm stuffy, I have a headache, all of that stuff. But it, it is. You can't function well if you can't sleep well. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know my husband has been taking this health journey brought on by a book I never would have bought him had I known the depths that we would be digging into <laughs> um, to anti-age his body, et cetera. Part of this journey guided by Dr. David Sinclair is that he is now very focused on sleep scores. Mm -hmm. So it's like a competition. He got me a Fitbit whatever high, high level Fitbit watch that you wear to bed. And so he's like, what, what was your, what was your score? And I'm like, well, and I, you know me, I'm a good sleeper. I'll fall asleep on an airplane. I'll fall asleep <laughs> in a car. I get eight hours. I feel like my child knew that coming into this world. He went slept through the night at four weeks. Like sleep is important to me. And I'll be like, I got a 92. He's like, you got a 92? Like he's, so it is very much a topic in our house that, and he says like, when I get a 70, I can tell, completely the difference between when I'm in the high 80s. And I, I do think so much of what we're learning now is that it is vital to everything, to weight loss, to stress management, to your ability to really cognitively work through things. Sleep is just paramount for so many people, for every person really medically, we know that, to be able to function at their highest level. And I think that we're seeing that more and more people are investing in their sleep. And I think that's a perfect way to absolutely introduce our guests today because they are sleep and franchise gurus. We have Peter Barkman, who is a partner with Brand One. And then we have Bobby Cleveland, also known as His Majesty Bobby Cleveland with Verlo Mattress. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, thank you so much for being here. We're really excited about this concept. Um, before we dive into Verlo, I just love to hear your background. So, Bobby, I'll start with you. If you just want to kick off and tell us how you got involved in Verlo and and really how you fell into franchising. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I started with the brand Verlo working for a franchisee, gosh, a little over 20 years ago. And um, as it happens with any sort of career trajectory, you you get to the top of the, the ladder and you've exhausted the, the opportunities within that brand and, and then it's time to move on. And when I was ready to move on, an opportunity at the home office opened up. And so it was really a blessing. I was able to take all the experience and knowledge that I had and apply it to my, my new role, which you know, felt like a whole new business. And uh, we opened a, uh, a commercial entity for Verlo, which is a business to business in you know fire departments and hotels and, and things of this nature. Uh, and then uh, an opportunity opened to uh, get into franchise development. And um, I, I have had a, um, an absolute love affair with small businesses and owner operators. And, uh, and I thought, gosh, that, that would just be so much fun and uh, challenging because if it's not challenging, it kind of gets boring. Right. So uh, I've just, I've had a really great career path. It sounds like you have um, being able to work first in local locations. I mean, that really helps you tell the story inside and out before moving over to the corporate side. Peter, what about you? You've been in the franchise space for a very long time. So take us on that journey. Tell us how you got started in franchising and what led up to being a partner at Brand One. Yes, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I um, I started in franchising at 19 years old um, <laughs> I, uh, with a college pro painting franchise. And that was my first experience. It was awesome. And I just stayed in franchising. I, I ended up out of college working for College Pro on the franchisor side, later worked with companies like uh, Mako Auto Painting. I was a uh, director of development for Mako Auto Painting. I uh, College Pro spawned into Certa Pro Painters and I became one of the senior leaders at Certa Pro Painters. I ran operations for about half of my time at Certa Pro. And then the other half of the time I moved over to the recruiting side to recruit franchisees. I realized just how important that piece was uh, to the success of a franchise brand. And, um, you know, just uh, once we sort of pro developed into a, a very mature brand and um, we had franchisees all over the country. And once we felt like we did our job there, I started brand one with a bunch of the uh, my partners at brand one. And uh, what we do is we work with brands to help uh, build them in the national brands. Um, we have a very good track record uh, of success in, in being able to do that. And um, and a lot of it has to do with the brands that we work with. <laughs> you know, you got to stack the deck. Uh, so um, anyway, uh, I love what I do. I've been doing it for 35 years. Um, I'm turning 55 in seven days. And um, it's uh, it's been uh, my life's work. So I really enjoy it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think you really downplay the reputation that Brand One has in franchising. I mean, you guys are elite. I think in the franchise community, so many people recognize the level of talent that the partnership group brings. 
But additionally, the level that you really require your brands to be on before you even start allowing them to seek franchisees. And I would say your selection process is second to none. We've seen you guys build and absolutely scale brands that are phenomenal. So really, I mean, just kudos to you guys. Your reputation precedes you everywhere you go. So Bobby, you're very welcome. (laughs) I always like to give compliments when they're due. So just really, really appreciate you taking the time today. Now, Bobby, Verlo's interesting. I'm from Wisconsin. You know, it's, it's a Wisconsin company. I think that really excited me because if you know anything about Wisconsin, it's Packers, cheese, and then everything else, Wisconsin. So I was very happy to have a fellow Wisconsinite, you know, representing this brand. And when we take a look at it, what is the story? You've obviously been there. You've been with the system for an incredibly long time. Why the mattress business? And then what is the business model of Verlo Mattress? Yeah, that's that's really that's really great. You know, like most Wisconsin brands, it's got a it's got a really you know romantic beginning of a <laughs> couple of guys that uh, you know had a furniture store and they did really well, uh, but they realized that their their mattresses were the most profitable portion of their business. And so when they reincorporated as just a mattress brand, they did it. Uh, by combining their wives' names, Verna and Lois, to create Verlo. Uh, and as you know, living here in Wisconsin, uh, we're a household name here in the Midwest. Um, every, everyone knows knows who we are. And um, and that's because of the quality of, of, of service that we bring to the mattress brand. You know, the, the business model is, is really a, a service brand that happens to sell mattresses. You know, anybody can sell a widget, but that it's a service that really separates us from, from everyone else. And I, I think that's the, the case with a lot of good businesses. It's the the way that you're treating your your customers. Um, and so when I think about our business model, uh, it's it's fundamental that we have a great person that cares about doing a good deed for its own reward, because that's the type of personality that ensures great quality customer service. Um, our brand sells a product directly to the end user. I mean, our franchisees, they make every mattress they sell right there in their store and sell it directly to uh, the person that's going to sleep on it, which is very different and outside of the norm in the mattress industry. Uh, but it gives our our model some really great tools, which is they get our franchisees collapse the profit pool from manufacturing and sales, which means they're they're going to have a lot more opportunity for themselves. The Their customer gets factory direct pricing, so they're getting more mattress for less. Everybody wins. I presented this brand this morning, and one of the things that I heard on the call was, well, what about all the competitors in the space? And I think I was really blown away in the exploration process in calls with the two of you to learn, again, that you're custom building a mattress. So can you talk a little bit more for us about differentiators, how the product is different, what that means for the customer, what the whole experience is like? You have a ton of great differentiators. Can you elaborate on that for us? Yeah, absolutely. I think to understand the differentiators, I'll, I'll give just sort of a, a, a brief description of the mattress industry. So in the mattress industry, typically the customer goes into a store and they buy a mattress from the middleman, whether that's the furniture store or that's Gosh, I think you can buy them at the Quickie Mart these days. I mean, everybody's selling mattresses, but what they're all selling is the exact same mattress. They're selling all of the major brands, Sealy, Serta, Simmons. And so what happens is they don't have many differentiators and those differentiators become price. And so 
what happens is the the two businesses that are selling the same mattress one sells it for a little bit less and then the other one sells it for a little bit less and it becomes this race to the bottom um the other thing comes into when you buy a mattress who's responsible for the warranty is it the person you bought it from is it the company you know there's there becomes a disconnect between the people who are making the product and the, and the people who are using the product with verlo some of our biggest differentiators are we offer a lifetime comfort guarantee with all of our mattresses and what that means is anytime you own the mattress uh, we can make that mattress harder or softer for you and we'll even do it one time at no cost in the first year and how that really plays out is if you pick a mattress but realize after a couple of months it's too hard or too soft we can fine-tune that for you uh, and we do that at no cost to ensure that you're sleeping well and then let's say five or six years down the road your body changes and you wish you had something harder or softer everywhere else they're going to tell you it's time to buy a new mattress but with verlo we can for a very small fee adjust that mattress to feel exactly the way that you want it to and now you're getting a lot more life out of that mattress you're keeping that mattress out of the landfill um, you're providing a, a, a quality of service that no one else in the industry can and it's this type of service that gives Verlo the brand loyalty that you just don't see in the mattress industry. Uh, and you can see these in our Google reviews. If you pick any city in America that's got a, a Verlo mattress and you look at the Google reviews, you'll see even the delivery guys are named because we invest in our employees to make sure that they're the type of people that are giving great experiences that their customers are going to rave about. Um, so that's th those are some of the big differentiators. I mean, I, I could literally use three or four times whatever we have allocated to this podcast about uh, what differentiates Verlo, but I think we'll just stick with the big ones. <laughs> Those are great differentiators. I want to ask you one more follow-up question on differentiators. So you've mentioned some of the big box names that we all know, but then there's two other categories on either end. So you've got the bed in the box that you can have shipped to you for couple hundred bucks. And then you have the big boy that's, you know, a $10,000 mattress that you can adjust. So talk to me a little bit about how you see yourself competing with those brands. And then maybe who that customer is, where's the sweet spot in the customer profile that would want the Verlo mattress? Sure. So I'm going to start with the, with the last question. A lot of businesses, when they talk about who their customer base is they start talking about socioeconomic demographics or you know regions and things of this nature we think of it in terms of bedroom our customer is the master bedroom right there's a master bedroom in, in every living space in, in america um and that's not to say that we don't sell mattresses for the guest room or the kids room but really that's where our sweet spot is um and when you think about how we compete with the the two various models you you described the first is um, when you think about that $10,000 mattress, and I'm, I'm just going to call them out by name, you know, you're thinking of like a Tempur-Pedic king size with the adjustable base and the head goes up and down. And irrespective of what they tell you that price normally is, you're probably walking out the door somewhere between nine and $12,000. Now that's what you're, you're, what you're going to end up paying. Uh, with Verlo mattress, you're, you're paying about half that. And the reason that you're paying half that is we've cut out so many hands between the manufacturing of the mattress and the recipient of the mattress. And this allows us to build better products for significantly less. So the customer gets a much better mattress, a much better experience. And by the way, they, they can have it personalized in ways that you're not gonna get even from those $10,000 mattresses. On the flip side of that, you, you look at sort of the, the bed in the box brand. And I'll tell you, I've been in the mattress industry a long time. You see this every few years, somebody comes in and says, I'm gonna, we're gonna change the mattress industry. We're gonna change how people sleep. It's it's gonna be the new bestest thing ever. And of course it's not. 
right? It, it, it never is. And so with the bed in the box, they wanted to give people the convenience of ordering online. And when you consider where we are as a society, especially, you know, how it was sort of hyperdrive through the pandemic, we like to buy things online. We love these conveniences. And so sort of at a distance, it makes sense. However, the fact is, is that people really need to try their mattress before they buy it because it needs to fit them specifically. Nobody wants to buy a mattress. What they want to do is solve specific problems. Their hips hurt, their shoulders hurt, their lower back hurts, they can feel their partner move. None of these are things that you're gonna be able to solve without touching the mattress. And so you look at a brand like, and I'm gonna call another one out, pick on them by name, Casper Mattress, because they really did a great job of marketing. I and mean, they've had some of the most beautiful marketing in, in the online mattresses uh, that, that you'll have seen. But where they failed is the quality of the product they delivered was subpar as compared to what you find in the showroom because so much money was spent on the marketing of the mattress. And then they lost so much of their profit on their returns because they have this no question asked return policy. And when it doesn't feel as good as you expected it to, or the first time you get to try it is in your house, they had a lot of people return. And if you Google where they are right now, Casper's in an awful lot of trouble because of that business model. Um, so I understand how these two businesses work, but we are very competitive both at the top and the bottom because of the way that our business is set up to be direct to consumer. Our franchisees don't buy mattresses and sell them. Our franchisees have uh, vendors for components that they use to build the mattresses that the customers uh, come into their store that those customers want. And so they're gonna have better economics and the customer's gonna have a better service experience. And Candylate makes it hard for the big box, big box stores and those sort of brands to compete with us. I love that view. And something really stuck with me and that's, you can come into a home and change the components. I mean, I feel like that's worth calling out for people even that maybe aren't considering a mattress business, but are considering becoming customers because that's massive. And the master bedroom is so true because we did order a bed in a box for the guest bedroom. And I did say to my husband, what happens if you want to send this back? Because once you unseal that sucker, you have a king size mattress that is heavy does somebody come in and pick it up? And we were kind of having that conversation. It was like a thousand dollar mattress. And it was like, what do we do if, if we find out like our guests are, are sinking into it or, and then we kind of said, it's not our problem. You know, maybe they'll stay less time. So that's fine. There's actually a really ugly side to that. Most of those return mattresses make their way to the dump. And the reason they do is you can't resell the old mattress. And that's another great thing about Burlow is because we adjust the mattress, we keep literally thousands of mattresses out of the landfill by adjusting them rather than sending them to the landfill. And, you know, we have a responsibility to our environment. And it's, although it's because of the way that our business model is set up, it wasn't the, the initial goal. It certainly is an important part of who we are. That's so important too. I think that finally sustainability is coming to the forefront for a lot of consumers and also for business owners. It's really important. Our clients rate being green and eco-friendly very highly when we walk through the business assessment with them. So that's a great point too, just that so many of so many mattresses are ending up there because you really can't repurpose them once they've been open and used. That's not a very exciting thing for somebody to order a new in quotations mattress and receive somebody else's makeup smears or something. <laughs> so that is that's an interesting point as well. Now, you guys have recently partnered with Brand One. Peter, that's kind of where you come into the mix. What is 
the relationship between Verlo and brand one? And then why, why with all of the brands that you represent, why Verlo and, and what role does brand one really play inside of this equation? Awesome. Awesome question. Um, you know, um, what we allow Verlo to do is focus on their core business uh, and focus on supporting their franchisees and, and building their brand. Uh, what, uh, what brand one does exceptionally well is, is recruit the right franchisees to the brand. So we, we really get to know the brand. We get to know the team. We get to know the culture, the mission, the vision, the values. And when we're working with prospective franchisees, we'll, we'll, we're very good at being able to figure out if they're in alignment with the mission, vision, values of, of a brand. And that allows Verlo to really focus on supporting franchisees and building the brand. So that's really brand one's magic is doing a good job of recruiting the right franchisees. And we take a lot of pride in bringing the right franchisees to Verlo. We know and understand what they're looking for. And they're very particular about who they want to be a part of their family. And we're good at understanding their family and understanding um, who's going to make a good uh, a candidate for them. And so I think that's that's where the partnership comes in is, hey, focus on your core business, focus on supporting franchisees, building the brand. We'll take care of the front end of it and recruit great franchisees to your brand. Because, um, you know, if you want a successful franchise, you need lots of franchisees doing really well, right? Lots of franchisees doing really well. And the doing really well part is mostly to Verlo, right? They're going to focus on making sure that their franchisees are successful. But the lots of franchisees part, uh, it's not just about getting a lot of franchisees to make it a a national brand. It's about getting the right franchisees uh, to partner with. And so um, that's what we do is we, we bring the right people into the brand. We always say, you know, this is a mutual evaluation process because franchises are awarded. It's not just who can write a big check. So it's so important that you've got a strong development team in place that really can bring the right people forward to a great brand. You know, you mentioned a couple of times that, you know, this is a family and you want to bring the right people to the Verlo family. So tell us a little bit more about who is that ideal candidate profile? Who's the franchisee that Verlo's looking for? Well, and I, I can answer this and, and Bobby, I'll turn it over to Bobby as well. Um, but we're really looking for um, people that have business backgrounds, strong business backgrounds um, that um, have led teams, um, are able to uh, be personable. Um, and, uh, you know, we're looking for more of the business-minded type uh, folks. Um, you know, so I think furlough started out with, uh, it kind of grew organically, and we wanted to move away from that and really grow it with some great franchisees. And, uh, and so I think that's, uh, that's what we're looking to do here with brand one and Verlo, but, uh, I'll turn it over to Bobby. I think you, you really hit the, the, the important things we're, we're looking for 
the type of people that want to work on the business as much as in the business. And um, that's that multi-unit, semi-absentee executive style. Uh, that's not to say that we don't have room for the owner operator that wants to be the sort of um, king of mattresses in, in those smaller markets because Verlo, uh, Verlo does exceptionally well in these smaller markets where supporting your, your local brand really connects with the culture of the local people. I mean, I can't get into the specifics, but you'd really be amazed to hear how successful some of our, our stores are in these Norman Rockwellis towns that are, you know, 15,000 people uh, because uh, that owner operator that lives in the business is there. But that's only one half of it. The other half is these, these larger communities where we have people who want to, um, you know, grow and own larger markets. Uh, those, that's where the real success is going to be seen. And one thing that I think is interesting about this model that we haven't touched on yet is you kind of have the ability to have a hub and spoke with a multi-unit franchisee. So can you talk a little bit about that piece? What does day in the life look like for a franchisee, whether if you want to give us owner operator, great, but maybe that empire builder semi-absentee. And then how does that empire model tie into the hub and spoke of having a factory location and then having some storefront locations? Sure. Um, well, you know, like with any business, it comes down to the right people. So in order to run a, a, a great, successful, scalable Verlo mattress, you have to have a great general manager um, that is going to lead the brand in that market for you. And one of the things that you'll have seen with our, our brand is that we cross train. So the people that make mattresses know how to deliver mattresses, know how to sell mattresses. And that's really important from a couple of perspectives, because, of course, it, it makes your your workforce significantly more versatile. But it also creates opportunities for these people that they may not have otherwise had to grow in your business. And when you can give an employee opportunity that they're not finding other places, and it's real, it's genuine opportunity, um, you're going to create a level of loyalty that will sustain your business for a very, very long time. That's refreshing to hear. You know, I think we hear a lot about hiring, the challenges, what's going on out there. In fact, I, I just spent the 40 minutes prior to this recording coaching a current client who is ready to purchase a business tomorrow um, about really finding good help. It matters, you know, the culture of the business, the culture you create. And so it's so refreshing that from a corporate level and then with current franchisees, you guys have really set the structure for that because that's a major pain point for our clients is trying to figure out how to hire and then retain talent. So very, very refreshing to hear that. Now, speaking of talent, Peter, you've worked with countless top-notch brands in the, interest, in the industry, really, and you touched on a few of them before, but you've had your hands in a lot of different ventures throughout your time in franchising. Why do you think prospective franchisees are falling in love with Verlo? Uh, I think initially they fall in love with, with the category and the, and the unit economics, uh, those are the things that really get them excited. Um, unit economics, for those of you who don't know, the mattress industry um, is highly profitable. <laughs> it's an incredibly uh, profitable industry. And what's really nice is you can feel good about it because you're giving your uh, customers a much, much better value and a, a product that can be altered 
um, if it's not perfect. Uh, and I think that that's something pretty special and, and differentiated. And the category, we are differentiated um, in our product. Everyone else is offering a product and we're offering a product and a service, right? And we're going to get it right. Um, and I think that that takes a lot of the fear away from the purchase. It's a large purchase. And, you know, if you don't get it right, you're kind of stuck with it. Not with Verlo. Uh, we want that phone call uh, letting, letting us know that it isn't perfect so we can come in there and make that adjustment and make it perfect because then you're going to be a raving fan and you won't be able to uh, keep quiet about, about us. Um, so the, the category is awesome uh, as well uh, because it's a simple model. Um, as Bobby had said, all of your staff are cross-trained and you don't need a large staff, a pretty small staff, shockingly small. Um, and labor is the biggest issue these days. Everyone's complaining about labor, but we've got great retention because we're cross-training everybody and we're never stuck. So um, you look at other aspects of it. It's recession resistant. It's COVID resistant. We, we didn't have the supply chain issues that so many other companies had. This checks a lot of boxes for, for folks. And so for those reasons, um, they, they've really fallen in love with Verlo. But I, I think about the category in the unit economics as the head. And then I look at the team as the heart. Right. And I always tell people, if your heart and your head are not aligned, take a pass. If if the team and 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 uh, if your head and your heart are tell either one are telling, you no, do yourself a favor, do the brand a favor and take a pass. And um, you can't help but love this team. Everybody that you meet is committed to what they're doing. Extremely competent, and most of all, they're good people, really, truly good people. And that's magical when you have a group like that of really, really good people who support franchisees, who bring them into a family. Um, it's pretty easy to get your heart behind Verlo, too. Uh, so that's the thing. It's this is very, uh, very special. The heart and the head, it's very easy to get aligned uh, with, uh, with this brand. I like the heart piece. I think all the time we hear all the, you know, do the numbers make sense? That type of stuff, right? The tangibles. And Sam and I always talk about the intangibles of meeting leadership teams, getting to know cultures. You know, we still fly around about once a month to meet with brands. We'll be in Omaha next week to meet with more brands because it's about the people at the end of the day. Signing a franchise agreement, that's a marriage. You're in that relationship for a long time. So I'm really glad that you touched on that piece. You know, Bobby, I'd love to hear why franchising? Why did you decide to move over to the corporate side to focus more on franchisees? What's your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? Sure. That's well, that's a that's a great question because I I had to ask myself that question before I before I made the move. And what it really came down to is what I've loved about Verlo from, from an operating standpoint is really having meaningful impact on people's lives by helping them get a better night's sleep. And I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but 
when you have people that come in and they and they tell you how much better their life is because they're sleeping better, it makes you feel good about what it is you're doing. And to be able to apply that same feeling, or in Peter's words, the heart aspect of it, into helping people grow businesses that are going to create a a, a great quality of life for their families, um, and and offer a real differentiator that's sustainable, and it it checks a lot of those boxes of outside of the money, what motivates you to do something, and and you know the fact is is that. Um, when you can say that your impact is not just on the individual that owns a business, but on their family, on their employees, by offering great products and great services that people are proud of. You know, we our employees they 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 wear their their Verlo jackets, you know, out after work because they're proud of where they where they work because they're proud of our brand. And you know, not not everybody gets to do that. And the other thing is is the great thing about franchising in general is. These people that come in that, that have this this motivation to do uh, good work, giving them a, a great infrastructure, giving them a great you know marketing assets that have been cultivated over over years, um, the infrastructure with the the POS system, the inventory management, like all of these tools, so they don't have to work on uh, the fundamentals of the business. All that's already there. They can work on growing the business and creating great experiences for their customers. And you know, franchising does that where startups are just not going to offer those. Those are all really great points. What about for you, Peter? What's your personal compelling reason for being in franchising basically your whole career? <laughs> uh, well, you know, like I said before, this has been my life's work and it started when I was 14. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, kind of a funny story. I got off the bus and I saw my dad's car was in the driveway and that's weird because it's you know, the middle of the day and his car was never in the driveway. Right. And I walk in and my mom's standing in the kitchen and she says, um, dad's upstairs. Dad got fired. And I said, how did he get fired? He's the president. And she said, I don't know. I guess they get fired too. And I went upstairs and my dad was on the phone. Um, he had papers all over the bed and he missed dinner. He came downstairs uh, late that night. And he announces to my mother that all the manufacturer's reps went with me today. And she said, what do you mean went with you? And he said, I started a company today. And um, that, you know, I'm 14. I'm the oldest <laughs> of four boys. Um, that really affected me. Um, and uh, my brothers and I all own our own companies. And I have my hero, my dad, to thank for that because um, and you know, I run a, I run a business in franchising and my, my brothers run successful businesses as well. And we would have never had the courage to do that had it not been for my, uh, my father. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I think of a story even like, and this is happens all the time and it never gets old. I was, you know, in a, in a car with a franchisee, I was working on, on the, uh, uh, recruiting side, but I had a lot of operational experience. So I came to come down to work with a franchisee and one of the brands that I work with, uh, Serta Pro Painters. And Kurt Stork was an executive, uh, Boston Scientific uh, sales guy. He, he was very successful, um, had a big family, and um, he, uh, he decided to leave all of that to start his own business and make his way and show his kids the way. Um, and we're driving 
you know, driving in his car and he stopped right in the middle of driving, like, you know, pulled over. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, I want to thank you. And I said, for what? And he said, for getting me into this. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I said, oh, don't worry about it. He goes, no, I'm serious. I really appreciate what you did. You changed my life and you changed my family's life and trajectory. And I'm never going to forget it. That's why I do what I do. I absolutely love what I'm doing and I'm going to keep doing it as long as uh, God will let me. Well, now that I need some tissues here, that was that was great. I mean, that is such a, what a story about your dad and just really the power of perseverance and setting an example. And, and so many clients say exactly what you just said. I want to show my kids that it is possible to do something for themselves. And that's huge. The power of being an example, you don't realize it until you're living it and you're doing it. Brittany and I have said on this podcast before, my son is like very much like when people ask what we do. He said, Oh, my mom is a boss. She is a, she's a founder. And then my mom is also a mosquito lady. Oh, good. <laughs> so we have different things that we do, but it really is. It's imprinted in their DNA that that is possible from that moment on. And that really is so compelling and, and such a really fantastic reason to be part of the franchise world. So you guys have dropped some great knowledge today about the brand and about everything. And I know that you've probably been given countless fantastic advice during your life. But what I would love to end on is, and I'll start with you, Bobby, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? That's just a, that's a great question. I, I got this piece of advice when I was in my late teens or early twenties, and it, it has really dictated the way that I interact with people in general. And it was give relentlessly and don't keep score. And if you give relentlessly and you don't keep score, um, you're going to have meaningful impacts on people around you and you'll never feel like anybody owes you anything for that. And all of that good will come back to you. You'll never know when, you'll never know how, and what quantities, but more than you give as a whole will come back to you. But you got to not keep score because otherwise you're going to get caught up in that. And, and you see that with people all the time. So give relentlessly and don't keep score. That is such great advice for business, for marriage, for just being a great friend and person. I mean, that is, that's fantastic advice because we do get caught up, I think, a lot of times in keeping score. So, Peter, I would turn that question over to you as well. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, I actually got this piece of advice through um, exploring yoga. <laughs> Um, and it's a, it's a common theme in yoga to be present. And it's something that I have to say, I struggle with all the time. I struggle with, with being present. I always feel like I'm, I'm somewhere else and I'm, I'm going so fast. And as I've gotten a little older and, and, you know, with this experience with, um, you know, studying yoga and, and all of that. I just realized just how important that that is that has become being present, being there for people and, and being able to hear them and being able to listen. And the, 
the greatest gift that you can give is is your time right it's it's more valuable than anything it's the one thing you can't you can't really replace you can you can buy everything <laughs> you can buy just about anything but you can't buy time so to give somebody your time is one of the best things and the most thoughtful things that you can do but to really be present is is really the challenge um, and so that's something I kind of work on and it's advice that I got from yoga from that experience and I've been trying to carry it forward here in a, my professional and my personal life uh, my spiritual life the only the other thing I'll throw on there and as I've gotten older because I'm turning 55 like I said in a week literally a week from today um, is I've, I'm way too old now to not work with people that I like trust and respect I just don't have uh, the energy uh, or the ability to uh, manufacture energy <laughs> uh, for people who I don't like trust and respect so a good piece of advice that I'd, I would say to follow is hey when you get to, when you start working with people that you don't like trust and respect find another path and then create that for others uh, 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 an environment where people where 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 there's high trust where people like each other and people respect each other and if you if you get that rolling you'll have all the energy in the world to do whatever it is that makes you happy that is perfect advice to end this podcast on you guys i am so grateful for you both taking time to sit down with Brittany and I today. Really appreciate all of the insight on this amazing brand. Excited to share this with our listeners. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you so much. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the Fran Path Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at Fran Path, Facebook and LinkedIn at Fran Path Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.